0: All right, how y'all doing this evening? All right, man, good to see you. How was your day today? On a scale of one to 10, one being awesome, 10 being awesome, and everything in between being awesome. How was your day? 925. Dang, all right, okay. All right, well, good to see y'all tonight. All right, y'all ready to get after it? Y'all ready? Hey, good job. If you're here this morning. Good job in the book of Jonah today. I learned more about Jesus and wanted to get to know him more because of y'all. So, good job. I've right, you got your Bibles real quick. Go to uh, Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 35. Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 35. Y'all didn't be ripped. Didn't Britain? Didn't God bring that word through Britain last night, y'all? Y'all get, woo! That was good. Yeah, okay. All right. Anyway, so I like it, Brit. All right. <laughs> not that funny. Here we go. All right, Matthew chapter 9. All right, as you turn in there, look at your table content if you need to. I'm going to tell you a little story. Tell you a little story. Here we go. So, y'all know I'm from Mississippi originally, and uh, when I was living in Mississippi, there's a, a season that's like my favorite season in the whole wide world. And when it gets close to time in like, you know, like the the summer months when this season is, it's like my my palms get sweaty, my heart starts racing, and in my mind, like in my heart, I start hearing this phrase over and over again. I start hearing, it's time. It's time. And I hear it and I start getting kind of like, you know, kind of get a little excited if I'm honest with you. And I'm like, oh, baby, it's time. It's time to go. And that season is blackberry picking season. Can I get a witness? Come on. That Hey, y'all can go get some Blackberry L8s up in the hotel where my man Brad at. Come on now. Right now, they're on sale for $2, $2 sale right now up in the hotel. Anyway, so I was joking. I was joking. They're, they're out. Anyway, so, but you can pray about that. Maybe they'll come back. I mean, the Lord multiplied bread and fish. We well, think what he could do with L8s. Amen. All right, here we go. So, it's time. So anyway, so it's blackberry picking season. Now, hold on. Now, here's why I'm telling you that, okay? So blackberry picking season, if you've ever picked blackberries, I call wild blackberries out in my pasture. you got to wear long pants. you got to wear some boots. you gotta, you got to get some long sleeves on. you got to get a big old hat. You're out in the middle of the, of the of Mississippi summer like Georgia. And as you guys know in the south, especially Mississippi, by the way, known as the hottest summers in the nation by a newspaper that's bright, right? So they... Number one, hottest place. So you know Mississippi's got one temperature season. It's called hell, okay? I'm just letting y'all know that. It's hot, okay? So anyway, so you get out there, hottest blue blazes. You got snakes out there. You got spiders. You got chiggers or little red bugs. They're kind of like red uh, bugs, right? They get in your skin and itch a lot, okay? And uh, anyway, so you're out there, you got potential dangers and threats, but I'm, I love it, right? It, it, people hate it, but I love it. So I'm out there picking all these blackberries. I mean, just I'm loving every minute of it. Why would I go out there in the heat? Why would I go out there with potential dangers and pitfalls? Why would I sweat my tail off and it's not a weight loss program? Because I know what it produces. And if you know blackberries, you know you can get you some blackberry pie. If you're healthy like me, you can put you some blackberries on your ice cream, Cuts the calories straight in half. You can make some blackberry jam, or you can make L8 with it. Uh, But you know what you can make. You know what you can make. Come on, say it out loud. Stand up, stand up. Come on, stand up, Sarah. Sarah, come on. Preach it, Sarah. Stand up, say it. Did you say it? You said it. Let me say it. Blackberry cobbler. Woo! You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about. Blackberry cobbler's so good, make you want to slap your mama and then call and apologize. Okay? So, I'm just telling you, it's worth it. So, anyway, so one day, I'm out in the middle of it. I mean, I'm covered head to toe, sweating like crazy. Had these big buckets. Been out there for about two hours. And I've been picking blackberries like crazy because it's important to me. And all of a sudden, I look up. And it's going to sound a little strange. I'm not trying to. Okay? I'm not trying to sound mystical or anything. But all of a sudden, I look up kind of like right here, and I look out. And all of a sudden, it's like time stood still, and I saw this sea, like ocean of blackberries. Now, I was sitting there, and I was, I was picking. I was doing everything that I possibly could do because it's important to me. I know what's coming. I know the fruit that can be produced here, right? I know that they're here just for a short time, and then it's gone. And I was sitting there picking, and I stood up, and I'm like, man, like it was an overwhelming sense. Like I said, I'm not trying to be weird, but it literally like crushed my, my soul. It's like it's being twisted in there. It was like compassion. And i sitting there going, what are we going to do? These things are here today and gone tomorrow. And in that moment, I started feeling a little bit overwhelmed. And I realized, I need help. I literally, like this, I, re- I was asking people, my kids, I was asking everybody, hey, come out here and join me. Take on what's important to me because you know what's coming. I need you to come out here and, and get out of your comfort and brave the heat. I need you to put your, put your game down and come out here and join your father. I want you to join your buddy out here in the field and, and reap the reward of all that could be from this field of blackberries. But nobody would come. I was left alone doing everything that I possibly could do, and I needed help. And I often wonder, and when you're in your passage right here in Matthew chapter 9, I often wonder if Jesus felt the way that I felt in that field times about 100 million as he looked over not a sea and a pasture full of blackberries, but of something much more valuable. Here we go. You ready? Here's our passage. Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 35. And Jesus went out throughout all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel, the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. Now, pay attention to this. Lean in on this. If you remember, y'all are doing a great job starring underline. This is one of these verses. This is one of these passages I hope you do that with. Right, Carrie? This is one, okay? Here we go, verse 36. And when he saw the crowds, you can also put up above that if you're writing in there, the people, he saw the people. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for you, for them. Circle compassion. His guts were twisted on the inside. He had to do something about it. It wasn't like, you know, you just see like a, I don't know, puppies. People go after puppies. But, I mean, they see a little dog and like, oh, that's sweet. And they keep on driving. Or like the person on the side of the street that's homeless and go, oh, man, better luck next time we keep going. That's not compassion. You might have sympathy for that, those people or that pet. But it's compassion that moves you to action, right? You can't sit still anymore. So he says, Jesus had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Y'all ready for this? Then he said to his disciples. Now, I want to pause right here. You've had a lot of y'all have come to faith in the last couple of days. I think that's awesome. Praise God. You need to know that at any moment in time, anybody in here can run home to Christ, can run home to God through Christ at any moment in time. The moment you realize your sins have hurt Jesus, go to him. Run to him as fast as you can because he's already running to you. You ready? This ain't for you, though. We've been hitting that a lot the last few days or up to this however long we've been here, right? That's necessary. I hope you come home. I hope you realize God's arms are wide open to you, and I want you to look at it tonight. If you know that, I'm not sure I'm saved or whatever, I want you to look from the outside looking in because you're ready? You're not on the inside. You're not on the inside. If that's you, you're not on the inside. You're not in this group. You're not in the family of God yet. You can be, but I want you to look at it from the outside looking in longingly right? All right, time back in. This is right here for every single person, whether new or been, been, been a Christian for 30 years, makes no difference to me, whether you just came to faith this week or whether you've been following Jesus for quite some time. This right here ought to pump you up. Now I'm going to tell you why in a minute, okay? Y'all ready? Here's what Jesus says to his disciples, to his followers, to his children, to his people. Okay, here's what he says. Jesus looks out over the sea of people. Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. Let me make this clear. Jesus is not treating you like a servant in this passage. Because in John's gospel, he says, Look, I know, I know. Look, I call you a servant. We're servants of God. I get that. That's good. He goes, But I don't call you servants any longer if you're mine. I call you friends, I call you my children. Jesus is about to open his heart up. That sounds weird, but he's about to let you in like a best friend. If, if, if okay, uh, if, Britton, check my theology here. Britton will do it because he's brilliant. If, if Jesus could not sleep at night and he keeps him up and he's thinking at night. If he, something were to keep him up at night, if something were to keep him up at night, right? If something were to do it, this would be it. This would be it because it's so important to him. So what I'm going to ask us as a family to do, I'm going to ask us to lean in to hear the heart of God. Because this right here, he's sharing with you and me. After this, if you didn't know it already, there's a responsibility. There's something that we get to be a part of. Okay, you ready? Here we go. This is going to be exciting. Woo! Here we go. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly, pray your guts out, like it's the most important thing to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers or workers into his harvest. Let me break this down. You ready? Jesus is looking out over here right now, at all of us right here. He's looking out over all the sea of people, both the neighbor and the nations. And he's looking at us and opening up his heart and going, this is extremely important to me. When God tells me something is extremely important, that it's on his heart, I want to lean in a little bit and understand, right? Here's what he says. You ready? The harvest is plentiful, a.k.a. it's time. It's time. There are no shortage of people across the street and around the world, are there? There's no shortage of people at this, on this campground. There's no shortage of people in Georgia and Mississippi and South Carolina and Boston, Massachusetts and all the states in the nation. There's no shortage of people in India in Africa. There's no shortage of people where you live who are in desperate need of the love of Christ. It's not just that there's not a shortage of people, you ready? There's no shortage of people that are ready. The media today has convinced every one of us that the the nation in the world has has gone to hell in a handbasket and there's no hope for your friends. There's no hope for your family. But Jesus gives us something different. He says there's no shortage of people in your life and in mine today, right now, even under this roof right here, that are ready. That are ready to know and understand the love of Christ. That are tired of sitting on the sidelines on the outside and wanna come on the inside. And Jesus is saying, The harvest is plentiful, it's time, but the labors are few. Now hold up a second, hold up. Y'all heard me say the other day that in this nation, spiritually speaking, Britain said it too. How is it possible that in the United States of America, that Jesus Christ Looks at us in this place. He looks at us lovingly, longingly, with compassion, letting us know the need. There's a huge need over here, right? It's time. Lots of people ready, lots of people of all ages. They're ready. But Jesus says, I don't have enough people who are willing to join me in the fields of people's lives. I'm sorry. How is that possible? How is it possible that Jesus has tons of people who say, I'm a follower of his, and yet he says, y'all, I ain't got enough. I ain't got enough help. How's that possible? I'll tell you how it's possible. Britain's hit on a lot with consumerism. You ready? Picture, the, picture us in here right here, okay? Let's picture the church in North America. Let's just do this, okay? Not that this is everybody. Just picture it. Just work with me here, okay? It's like a football stadium. 88,000 fans in desperate need of exercise. 12 leaders and players in desperate need of rest. That's a picture of what we look like. Now, hold up a second. I am very sorry. I apologize to you. And I hope that you'll forgive me. And I mean this. I'm very, very sorry. God has given me a stage. This is what my stage looks like. We'll talk later. Yours looks totally different for most of you. I'm very sorry that I have made you believe that people who God's given something like this, that holistically, we have made all of you believe that this is what following Jesus has to look like or you're disqualified. I'm really sorry. That I've made you believe, that we've made you believe today, consume that today, that lie today, that you have to look like a preacher, praise God for them. You have to look like somebody that that, that sings in worship, praise God for them. You have to have this type of stage in order to be an effective witness for Christ. I'm sorry we've lied to you. We were selfish, and we we wanted you to, to, we wanted to make a difference. We do, and I'm not down in this. You need to listen to people that are up here. Praise God. But you need to understand our job up here is to make every one of you realize that you can be an answer to Jesus' prayer right where you are. 8% of the body of Christ today, 8% has the spiritual gift of leadership. That means that 92% of the body today does not have that gift. 92%. Majority of you in this room do not have the spiritual gift of leadership. Now, I want you to circle the word right here in your Bible. Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the preachers are few. Isn't that what it says? The harvest is plentiful, but the evangelists are few. The harvest is plentiful, but the church workers are few. They need some help there too. Don't want me wrong. He says, no, the harvest is plentiful. People are ready. It's time. You ready? But the laborer, the everyday person who's willing to love God and love the, people that's right, the person that's right in front of them, in unique ways, is what's very few. There's no shortage of people today that feel hopeless, are there? There's no shortage of people today that feel overlooked and undervalued. There's no shortage of people today that believe the lie that they're not loved and that God has a family and a place for them. There's no shortage of people today who feel lost and helpless alone and afraid there's no shortage of people today are there they just need to know hey hey I see you I see you who need, to, who need people that are willing to get into the muck and the mire and the mess of other people's lives in Jesus name there's no shortage of people because the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few. People who want to carry out what's on his heart and notice the person that's right in front of them. And I'm going to tell you right now that you don't have to wait until you're older to live a life of high impact on purpose for the cause of Christ. You don't have to wait till you get a job. You don't have to wait till you get out of college. You don't have to wait till you get your future figured out. You don't have to wait till you get your theology, whatever that is, to figure it out. You don't have to do that. All you have to do is get up close to Jesus and say, Lord, I want to know you and I want to love you, and I want to love the person that's right in front of me. That is a kingdom labor, A labor of someone who takes every part of their life and says, Lord, would you use me in every part of my life the way that you want to, to love the person that you put in front of me every single day, uniquely, right? Some of y'all in here are great at sports. Raise your hands. Raise your hand. Some of y'all are great at sports. Praise God. That's good. Now, watch this. If you're great at sports, and you haven't offered that to Jesus and said, Lord, I don't even know how this looks, but there's people out there who are all big into sports and who need somebody who loves you, and sports is not the main thing in their lives, but they're good at it, and they and I want to give that to you. And sports can be used to bring attention to Jesus. If that's not you, and that hasn't been given to the Lord that part of your life to go, here, Lord, I want you to use my sports ability to, to reach somebody. I don't know how that looks. You ready? Then you will waste your sporting ability that God has given, given you how many of y'all love to, sh- how many of y'all love to, how many of y'all love to shop? That hurt. I almost threw up my mouth, like big time. How many of y'all love to shop? Let me tell you something. I don't, praise God. And I'm not married to a woman that does. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you for that right now, Lord. Right? But God knew. God knew. God provides, amen? Anyway, so, but here's what I'm saying to this. I'm saying that, that have you ever offered your desire and your passion to shop and given it to Jesus? See, sometimes we think if I give that to God, it's going to rob me of the fun. Let me ask a question. How many of y'all have ever, I hate to say this, how many of y'all have looked at Britain and I or the, or the praise team and looked like they don't have no fun following Jesus? Anybody thought that were a bunch of stick in the muds? If you had, don't raise your hand because Sooner or later, gotta strike you down, okay? I'm just picking anyway. So, but that ain't funny, don't talk like that. Okay, anyway. No, but I'm serious. How many of y'all think, man, these guys are having a boring time? No, we have a blast serving Jesus. Don't please don't think that following Jesus or giving something you enjoy sucks the life out of it. No, what it does is it redeems it, it buys it back, and you get to have this great eternal impact by what you love and desire. So when you love to shop, give that to Christ or else, you ready? You're just spending money. But if you take it in a different mentality and rather give to Jesus, then that money that you invest in shopping and somebody that goes with you and your friends that go with you, who knows how that looks. But what I do know is that God will use it to make an impact on the friends that you take shopping with you. Why? It's time. How many of y'all love to Pokemon Go? Oh, baby, come on now. Hey, you got to catch them all, okay? You got to catch them all. And I've watched some of y'all. Y'all ain't caught but a few of them, okay? Anyway, so Pokemon Go. Now, look, I, I understand this might be controversial, but I know one thing. You can play Pokemon Go or video games, right, eSports. What? What is that? That's not a sport. But anyway, so I'm just joking, lighting up. But here's what I'm telling you. I'm not, I'm not joking here. Pokemon Go or video games offered to God, I promise you you'll, he will use that to catch more than Pokemon, You need to understand that people say oh man you got to give up pokemon well you might want to give that to the lord i don't know what he'll do with it but what i do know is if you give your video game likage lovage whatever you give your pokemon to god i promise you in some ways you will make you a fisher of men in that context and you just might catch them all a whole lot more than pokemon how many y'all love food how many y'all like to eat oh hey cozy 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 all right now watch this here's why i'm telling you this because watch this you can eat three meals a day. God made you that way, praise God. Somebody like me might need to do less than three meals a day. Can I get a witness? You better not witness. Here's what I'm telling you, though. My wife, and you might hear about this a little later, my wife is one of the best cooks on planet Earth. And if you've ever had any of my wife's cooking, you know what I'm talking about, okay? Somebody said, how come you don't weigh 300 pounds? I said, give it time. Give it time, Okay. Leviticus 3.16 is my favorite verse. The fat belongs to the Lord. I wake up every morning and give my belly to Christ. Okay? Praise God. But what you got to do? My wife loves to cook, but here's the thing. She could cook three meals a day and feed hungry bellies, and that's good. That's part of what she does. But my wife has offered that part to God and says, Lord, would you do what you want to do with it? I don't have much, right? Not like we're wealthy. Right? I don't have much, Lord, but here's what I have. And she's opened up our home and our, and our dinner table and has fed the masses. God has taken what she gave and has now used it to disciple generations, not just our children. You see what I'm saying? Why would God take something that you enjoy? Why would he take that part of your life and and take it from just being something normal to being something that that can be supernatural for the glory of God? Why would God do that? Because there's no shortage of people that need to see and hear about how God's changed your life. And that is the avenue and the stage with which he's given you to do that, right? Right? You fill in the blank with what you enjoy. You fill in the blank with what you like. How many of y'all love music? Cousa coos. How many of y'all love music? Right? How many of y'all actually can play music? <laughs> y'all kept your hands up. Never mind. Okay, all good. we got a lot of people that are musicians here. Now, now watch this. You know that you can do that with praise. Cousa coos means praise, right? That's, that's part of it. But when you give that to God, I'm telling you, there's something that God would do to reach people who don't know about how good he is. Because watch this. You can play in church all day long. That's good. But Jesus has one heartbeat in this. You ready? He came to seek and save the lost. How many of y'all want your life to count and matter for Christ? Like in the end, how many of y'all, by show of hands, it's okay if you don't raise your hand. I've had one person before says, I don't really care what my life amounts to. <laughs> I don't think he's still alive. But I mean, you know what I'm saying? I was, whatever. I'm serious. Like, I, whatever. All right, look. Look around. you got people that want your life to count for Christ. I'm just here to tell you that when you take every part of your life and say, Lord, I want to be a kingdom laborer. I want to be somebody that loves you and loves the person that's right in front of me. I want to take every part of who I am and what I do, everything that I've got, everything that I am, and say, Lord, somehow would you show me how to do this? Somehow would you send me out to the people, put me right in strategic spots where you want me to. Y'all ready for a little bit more closer to home? Some of y'all have really great families and you're freely, you've received, but you have not freely given. Shame on you. You got a good family, that's a gift from God. You got a good upbringing, you've been up around the things of God for a long time, but you ain't making use of it. You're not bringing other people into that and saying, Lord, you give me a good family. I want everybody to feel like they belong because that's the heart of God. You can have a great family but if it's not given to the Lord and let Jesus use it how he wants to to reach the lost and reach people that are hurting, it's wasted. Y'all ready? You can waste your life. And what I look at across the nation, and that, no offense, when I look up people around me, you're wasting your life. And your life can count for something great. You're holding back things for God because it's like, man, I got to get mine. I got to do, I like to do this. I'm going to play my. I don't want it to focus on anybody else. You could do that, but you'll waste your life. And you'll miss it a little closer to home what's up stud how you doing a little closer to home you ready some of y'all have terrible home lives some of y'all didn't grow up in a good family it's okay some of y'all had horrible upbringings a lot of pain a lot of suffering some of y'all felt neglected like nobody pays attention to you some of y'all had parents that were present but were never present if you know what i'm saying See, there's stories like Britain back there that he shared about his upbringing that would relate to so many of y'all. And there's stories like mine that would relate to some of you too. Some of y'all have bad upbringings, have not had, have not had great examples in your life, even fathers that you felt loved by. A lot of y'all are like that. But do you know that if you'll take that to God, not only will He heal your heart and be your father and provide in ways you couldn't imagine through lots of different avenues, But do you know how many people in your life, not just in the nation, in the world, do you know how many people in your lives right now, how many friends do you know that that you can relate to that have the same exact family situation almost as you? I'm not saying it was ideal. I'm not not being sympathetic. I'm not not being compassionate to you. i I, don't, I can't relate to that, but I promise you one thing. My family, who was a good family, and your family, who maybe was not, wasn't, didn't follow the Lord or whatever, or maybe claimed they did and didn't, watch this. They're closer to each other than they are compared to how awesome God is. So what if you gave that broken part of your life to God, that family to God, and said, Lord, I don't know how you want to use my story, but I give it to you. And I need you to fill in those gaps. Yes, he is. He's a great father. (laughs) But do you know how many people you can get up close to? I watched it happen today. Two people, one person struggling. The other person understands. I watched them go back and forth like a brother-sister combo, and they ain't related. You know why? Because of what God's done in their lives through their families. And it wasn't ideal, and it wasn't good. But I need you to understand When you give that to Jesus, I promise you, I can guarantee you, I've watched it. God can take that and not only heal you, he can bring healing to a lot of other people because you get it now. You ready? Or else you'll waste it. You can waste your upbringing. You can waste your pain. I watched a guy by the name of Josh Gaddy He was a senior, bless you, was a senior in high school. And as a sen- I taught him as a senior in high school, bless you again. As a senior in high school, he lost his daddy immediately. thought he had a stomach bug, had a brain aneurysm, and his dad died as a senior. I watched him in the hospital room. And there was this guy who's over here. I was sitting right there with Josh. This guy over here who was obviously drunk. And Josh, all of a sudden, he's tearing. He's crying because he just lost his dad like literally 30, 45 minutes beforehand. And he's crying. And all of a sudden, I'm just sitting there holding him. And he, and he kind of looks up and he notices this guy over here. And he goes, I think I need to go talk to that guy. I said, Okay. So he walks over to that guy. He asks him, hey, man, you okay? And the guy just goes, no, man, I'm not okay. Like I said, he's drunk. But he just cries, man, I ain't okay. Like my brother's in there. He was just in an accident. He's probably about to lose his leg. He's probably about to die. And Josh goes, man, you know, see, here's the thing. Josh could have gone, man, that's cool, man. All right, man, I'll be praying for you. Bye. But Josh, in that moment, offered his tragedy, to his greatest tragedy to Jesus and says, Lord, I see this guy. I don't even know where he stands, but I know what this is like. And he said, man, my dad just died, and I don't even understand everything about that yet. Like, I'm still processing that. I'm sad. I'm frustrated. I don't even know. He goes, but, but I know that Jesus is right here with me, and he's helping me, and I think he could help you. Can I pray for you? The guy goes, yeah, man, absolutely. So Josh just says some simple prayer. I don't even remember what it was. Here's what I'm saying. If you'll offer your tragedies and your pains and your life to God, every part of it, your likes, your interests, your gifts, bless you, your gifts, your sneezes, whatever. If you offer that to the Lord, I'm just telling you, what he can do with it will absolutely astound you in bringing the loss to Christ and encouragement to others. Why? It's time. It's time. I can remember my Mimi. My granny had passed away. She's sitting on the porch in an area of town that's probably not the best. Okay, it's not the best, but it, who cares? But she's sitting on the porch. All the kids in the neighborhood were coming up to her, and every kid in that neighborhood, the grandmother was the main thing, right? And she's talking to those kids, and or she's just listening. She and she's sitting on her and comes inside and she sits on her on her on her uh, uh, chair, and she goes, Paul. She goes, I'm 85 years old. I'm on a fixed income. I'm a widow. Like I've never been to Bible school. I've never been to training. I'm I can't preach. I can't speak. I can't teach. What do I have to offer to Jesus that would make a difference in somebody's life? Let me tell you something. You ain't got to be 85 to feel that way, huh? How many of us in this room right now feel like that because of this, this, or this, they have nothing to offer? How many of you feel like because of how you grew up, you can't offer anything to Jesus? How many of y'all feel like because you've had so many things happen in your life, you can't follow Jesus? You, You can't offer anything to him to make a difference? How many of y'all feel like I have nothing to offer? I ain't the preacher dude up here. What could I give to God that he could do and, and make a difference in somebody's life? You ain't got to be 85. You just got to be breathing to feel that way. But I don't want us to miss it because we feel like we have nothing to offer God. Because Jesus can take five loaves and two fish and feed the masses if we'll just give those things to him. I looked at Mimi and I said, Mimi. I said, Jesus is bringing the whole neighborhood kids to your doorstep. I said, you ain't got to preach at them. I said, all you got to do, they just, hear, they just want to hear your stories, not even your God stories. They just want to hear what it was like to ride the first dinosaur. I said, you were there. Tell them. You know what I'm saying? Just, just tell them. Uh, and you know what she said? It's like a light bulb went off. She went, Paul, I got cookies. And I thought to myself, well, you did have cookies. They were delicious. We'll get you some more. Okay? But, but literally... She became known as the grandma in the neighborhood, who was not like everybody else, who just simply gave cookies and listened to people, those kids, as they came to her porch after school every day. And I'm going to tell you right now, she offered what she felt she didn't have to Jesus. And what Jesus did still ripples effect generationally and spreads out long after she's gone. Imagine what would happen in our lives If we gave the pieces of our lives that we didn't feel like were very much or really insignificant to God. Because the key is, is it in his hands? Because what God can do with the things that we place in his hands, far go beyond anything you and I could do, holding it tightly as if it didn't. Right? You see what I'm saying? Why does this matter? Because it's time. We can sit on the sideline and look at, like, say, man, the game looks pretty cool over there. Or we can get up and get off the sideline and go to Jesus and say, Lord. I actually want to be. I want to be this. I want to be the labor that you want me to be. I want to be somebody that offers every part of themselves to you. I want to be. I want to be somebody that loves you and loves the one person in front of me each and every day. I want to be that person. I don't want to waste my life. I want my life to count for eternity. That is what a kingdom labor is. A kingdom labor. You ready? Like if I were to, hey, Gavin, Gavin, come here. Hurry up. Run and run. March that hut. Hurry up. All right, come on. Come on, G. Come on, G. Now you could be like Gavin, and miss the invitation. God's going, come on, kids, let's go. I got a lot of things to do. Chloe, come here. Right, come on. Come on. Oh, baby. Some of y'all been waiting. You're going to be like Gavin and follow your big brother and sister. Now watch this. Y'all follow me. Some of y'all need to understand, regardless of where you came from, God is here, and he's telling you, follow me. He's saying, offer every part of your life to me. You know, I never had anybody join me in that field. Y'all, I asked everybody you could possibly think of, and people said, made all the excuses in the world. No, man, I don't want to get eaten by them red bugs. (laughs) Man, I don't want that heat. It's hot. I had so many people look at me and go, hey, man, when you get them blackberries, um, if you get them blackberries, uh, can can you bring me a piece of the cobbler to the house? See, here's what I learned. Everybody and their mama wants to sit on the porch and wait for that cobbler. But very, very few want to humble themselves and listen to the call of Jesus and join him in the fields that are very ready to be picked for eternity, are very ready to be brought in to the family of God. Very few. Now, y'all, I'm going to tell you right now, all of those blackberries... In that field that I didn't pick, eventually died, missed the purpose for which they were created. It's sad, isn't it? Really sad. And how much more important are people to God than blackberries? The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. And Jesus is asking you to join him. Because the world around you is ripe for the picking. What would it look like if every part of your life that you didn't think was employable by God and usable by God, we just gave it to him and said, Lord, I bring my past to you and I want to give it to you. Would you use it to love somebody in your name? Lord, I'm good at athletics. I give it to you today. Would you use it to like somehow point people to you? You don't have to have all the answers of how he will do it. He's just promised, hey, look, here's the thing. People are ready. Hardly any workers. You ready? Come to me and just pray. Talk to me about that. Let's have a conversation about that. You ready? I'll take care of everything. I'll send out workers into the harvest. I'll do it. I just need you to come to me and talk to me about it. Because what does God want more than anything? Just time with you. He wants you to join Him and be with Him. That is the heart of God as we reach the world, as He reaches the world, one person at a time. It's time.